Lays it across. Shot by Yen. Touchdown! Here's number one for number one. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Fire and Ice podcast. It's exciting stuff. We just had rookie camps going underway, and the rookie camps are still undergoing. Training camp is open. So a lot of exciting things are going for the New Jersey Devils. It'll be kind of eager to see which prospects really do make that next jump. Um, I think it's been kind of confirmed that he will be in the KHL, and I believe Stillman will either be reporting to the OHL or he might be with the Utica Comets. So it'll just be really interesting to see how the rookie camp goes. Um, As we kind of talked about last week, just touching on it briefly, I think the two biggest names uh, we will be looking for as Devils fans, we will be talking about Alexander Holtz. We're eager to see what he, he will be doing if he can make that big jump to the big club. I think his time is, is coming. And even though he, I don't believe he is on the training camp roster that We've seen lately, but Fabian Zetterlin has a very good chance of making the big club roster. So it'll be fun to see, and obviously Simone Nemich, but we all know already, based on what Fitzgerald has talked about, that he will be starting in the AHL with the Utica Comets. So it, it's it's going to be fun. Um, kind of excited about these young kids that will come in, kind of bring some life to the lineup, especially in the bottom bottom half of the lineup I think the top six is already solidified but you never know if someone's game is just kind of going out of whack and they need to be slid down maybe somebody can come in and provide a spark but on this episode we're just going to kind of talk about some division previews Uh, it's going to be a little bit more hockey related than so much devils related And then towards the end, we'll kind of get into some other breaking news around the league while also talking about the Devils preseason games coming up because hockey is near. Hockey is coming next week. We all get to get excited. The Rock gets to open. Fans get to flood in. It's going to be really exciting. So I've gone over the Metropolitan Division, obviously because this is the New Jersey Devils. That is the division they're in. And I've I've made my predictions. I believe the order of finishing will be Carolina, the Rangers, Pittsburgh, the Devils finishing fourth, and then we have Washington, Columbus, the Islanders, and Philly in that respective order. So the other Eastern Conference division is the Atlantic. Okay, well, how does that affect the New Jersey Devils? I have the Devils finishing as the wild card spot for the playoffs. But who's their competition? How do they stack up with the other beasts in the East? So the Atlantic Division, as we all know, has teams such as the Tampa Bay Lightning, Florida Panthers, Toronto Maple Leafs, Ottawa, Montreal, Buffalo, Boston, and Detroit. Uh, Based on those finishes for the top three, I think it'll be just as similar like the Metro. In last year, I believe that the Atlantic will finish about the same. So I have Tampa Bay finishing first. They've they've lost some key pieces, but it's Tampa. They find a way all the time. And 
it's a team that just knows how to get it done and they know how to win. And they they always have this next man up mentality. Uh, and they did a lot of good stuff with in-house. They didn't spend a lot in free agency, but they did lock up their own people. Sorelli, Chernak, Sergachev. Uh, you got a large part of their core that's still intact. They signed Nick Paul. But you still have Stamkos, Kucherov, Braden Point, Vasilevsky, Hedman. The list goes on and on. Uh, Tampa Bay is still Tampa Bay. They are still one of the top-tier teams in the Eastern Conference. And I don't see them slowing down. Uh, second place, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Their goaltending is a massive question mark. Um, gambling on Matt Murray is fine. It, it saves you a little bit of money in terms of if you were going to give Jack Campbell what Edmonton gave him. But it's a question mark. Samsonov, huge move, very good value for him. I wouldn't be surprised if he eventually takes the number one job in the crease. But you just never know. Uh, I think everybody knows that the the Leafs goaltending is a question mark. But aside from that, their defense is actually a little bit better than it's been in the past. Giordano was actually the probably their best defenseman down the stretch. He looked the best. Still got Morgan Riley back there. You got some other kids that are coming in. Jake Muzzin's still there. So in front of the goaltending, it's not so bad. And we all know what they can bring up front. I mean, Matthews, Marner, uh, I mean, that you know, they'll, they'll be a large part of their offense. Nylander, who's extremely underrated. They still have Tavares. Uh, they still have they, – they'll definitely be a 100-point team in the regular season. It just remains to be seen what they do what they do in round one. And that leads me to, they will be, if my predictions are correct, what I have for third place is the Florida Panthers. Yes. I think they've, they might've taken a step back necessarily. Okay. You essentially swap just we not we Hubido for Kachuk. Okay. But you give we to Calgary as well. So I think on the back end, there's going to be a little bit of regression. But overall, this Florida Panthers team is still a good hockey team. They have the depth. They have the talent. Uh, it will be ran under Coach Paul Maurice, so that will be interesting to see compared to Andrew Burnett, who had them high-flying after they had to dismiss Joel Quenville. But I still think the Florida Panthers are definitely a top-three team in this division just by the way they're structured, by the way they – by the way they play, and it'll be really interesting to see. But it looks like the Leafs will, if this all goes correctly, they will be facing the Panthers in round one, which you could say is a nice matchup. But time will tell. It's it's the Leafs and it's round one. So we'll see what happens. So now we're getting into the bottom five, and this is where it gets kind of interesting. And I have the Boston Bruins finishing fourth. I... Now, as it gets to the wild card, I'm not 110% sure who will hold those two spots. I do predict the Devils will finish second. Um, As for the first one, it very well could be the Boston Bruins. I have them finishing fourth simply because they brought back their two most important players in David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron. Before they signed, they were not a playoff team. You have Martian on the shelf. You have McAvoy on the shelf for the first six weeks. Okay. Who's centering? 
Charlie Coyle, Pavel Zaka. It's not it's not playoff winning caliber center right there. Okay, well, you signed 37 and 46, and now you're back in business. You'll have eventually, when they're healthy, a top six group of Marshan, Bergeron, DeBrusque, Hall, Krejci, Pasternak. Hall, Krejci, Pasternak might be one of the best second line lines in the entire league. Uh, goaltending is still the same. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll have a nice tandem of Swayman, Olmark. Uh, the back end doesn't look the worst. The Bruins didn't really do a lot. They swapped Halla for Zaka, so they got younger. Uh, it really is more of a win-win kind of hockey trade. The Devils fill a need. The Bruins kind of got a need. It, it works. Uh, so I got the Bruins finishing fourth simply because they brought back 37-46. and 46. And right after them, I'm going to make the case that Detroit finishes ahead of Ottawa. They'll take fifth. I, I like what Steve Eisenman did with that team. I think he boosted a lot of it. Uh, the goaltending could be a very nice tandem. Takes the pressure off Nadelkovich. You bring in Vili Huso. You absolutely boost your top end. You got David Perron, who will somehow probably find his way back to St. Louis, as he always does when he leaves. But a very good player in his own right. He He kind of fits like that old Detroit style. He's physical. He's gritty. Put puck in that. He likes that. He has that feisty game to himself. Andrew Kopp, he comes in. He gets to be the 2C. So now they're deep down the middle with Larkin and Kopp. Very solid move. Ben Sherratt's an iffy deal, but it boosts the back end. It kind of well well rounds out the group. I mean, I like what Detroit did. I kind of liked how they played down the stretch last year. They were a very good hockey team. Uh, they didn't make the playoffs, but they showed some promise in themselves. And I think they'll finish fifth. I, I think they'll take like that next step forward that they need as an organization. And then you got Ottawa. Everyone right now loves Ottawa. The media loves Ottawa. They almost have Ottawa finishing top third. I think I'm exaggerating, being sarcastic, but the hype around Ottawa is very real. You bring you you traded for DeBrinket. You signed Claude Giroux. You extend Norris, extend Stutzla, you bring in Cam Talbot. So this is an Ottawa team that has looked the best since that Game 7 defeat to Pittsburgh in the conference finals. I mean, good for them. They they have a nice core. I think their back end's very iffy outside of Shabbat. I think they need more back there. But if Talbot kind of holds up and... They get some solid goaltending. Maybe you can make up for some of that defending. Ottawa's going to be a fun team to watch. That top six group is going to be fun. It's the it's the most exciting for those fans. And of all the Canadian teams, I've always had like a fun spot for Ottawa. I genuinely enjoy them for some reason. I don't know why. But I see them finishing fifth. It'll be kind of close with Detroit and Ottawa, but Ottawa will still be a good team. It'll just be the next step they need to go forward. And good for them for going all in and getting some of those guys locked up and just putting a competitive team in the ice, saying enough is enough. Here we go. They're getting that new arena, so rock on. They're going to put butts in the seats. You're going to see Drew jerseys everywhere. It's exciting. I mean, you know, this Atlantic division actually – 
really is shaping out to be very competitive. You have a lot of teams that are, you got your top tier teams, but you have these teams now that that aren't going to be pushovers. It's not going to be, oh, we're playing them. They're going to be a win. No, like these are teams that are very competitive. It's about almost as competitive as the Metro. Um, I think the Eastern Conference is a bit more stacked than the West. That's just my personal opinion. But it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, but this is what the Devils are competing against. I mean, when when it comes to a wild card spot, anybody can get it. It doesn't matter what division. It's not one or the other. Like, two from the Metro can get in, two from the Atlantic can get in, or one of each. So, I mean, this is what the Devils are competing against in the Eastern Conference. And then I have Buffalo finishing ahead of Montreal. Montreal will be dead last. I think Montreal will be playing better hockey under St. Louis but by no means a playoff team. Carey Price isn't back, so their goaltending is iffy. But you saw what St. Louis did with Cole Caulfield. And it, he's just going to make them playing better hockey. And then I have Buffalo finishing ahead of them. I think they'll take the next steps. They signed Thompson to a long extension. And just the way that team played towards the end of the year, like they 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 were on a hot streak to end the year, and you kind of had belief. They had belief in themselves. They kind of wished that the season didn't end because they could have carried that, and they very well could carry that over. I don't think they're a playoff team yet, but they'll definitely be taking the steps in in the right direction, which is fine. But still, by no means a playoff team. But they'll be, they could be a team that gives other teams hell. They really will. They, you know, playing hard, being competitive, not being a pushover. But that wraps it up for the Atlantic Division preview, just briefly. And now we'll slide on over to the West. You know, we'll just keep it, keep the train going of divisions. Uh, we're going to move on to the Pacific Division, which consists of the Seattle Kraken, the Vegas Golden Knights, San Jose Sharks, LA Kings, Anaheim Ducks, Vancouver Canucks, Edmonton Oilers, and Calgary Flames. So my division winner is going to be the Edmonton Oilers. Uh... Nothing against Mike Smith. I think they upgraded a net with Jack Campbell, which was a great move. Uh, they brought Kulak back. And overall, the team is is very similar. I mean, they did go to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, you still have McDavid, Drysaddle, Hyman. I mean, there there's a bunch of pieces still in place. I know Duncan Keith retired. For the most part, this team is the same, and I think McDavid and Drysaddle are going to come in. They're going to be hungry. They're going to want more, and that yeah, they're they're going to win. I think Jack Campbell will actually help them a little bit more. I think he'll he wasn't he wasn't bad in Toronto. He you know he didn't have a bad year. It was his heaviest workload of his career, but he didn't have a bad season. He wasn't exactly why they lost Game 7. They just lost to a good Tampa team. But I think he provides a little bit more stability in net, and I think the Oilers will finish top of the 
Pacific. And right behind them is Calgary Flames. The Battle of Alberta is alive and well. The Oilers got the best of the Flames in the second round of their playoff series. But Calgary is a very good hockey team. Very good hockey team. They got Huberto. They got Wegar, who is looking, who is looking to sign an eight-year extension or an extension with the team. Uh, he wants to be there. It's just a matter of putting numbers and ink to ink to paper. That's it. You still have Markstrom. You bring in Kadri. Okay, you trade Monahan, which is fine. He didn't play a lot last year anyway. So now you're deeper down the middle. You have Lindholm and Kadri down the middle. Backlund signs, uh, slides down to the 3C. So they're deep. It's a deep team. Very deep team. And they're very well-rounded on the back end. So it, they're going to be a good hockey team. I think they're in better shape than they were last year, and I know that's crazy to say after they lost Goudreau and Kachuk, but it's just the way I feel. I think they have a more well-rounded team if that makes sense, than just having a, a one line of two wingers that just light the lamp. It might sound crazy to some of you guys, but that's just how I feel. And third place, I'm going to go with the Vegas Golden Knights. That team had so many injuries last year, it wasn't even funny. Uh, okay, they trade Pat's ready for future considerations, which was okay. Uh, rock on. You need the cap, I guess. Still a wild move that you got nothing for it, but I guess when you're just trying to dump cap, you got to do what you got to do. Robin Leonard's out for the whole year, so the team is turning to young young gun uh, Logan Thompson. You'll have Brissot, and they traded for Aiden Hill. So goaltending could be a question mark for them, but if this team is actually healthy for once, I mean, this team's going to be back in the playoffs. Um, I think if they didn't kind of poop their pants last year, they would have made the playoffs even as the wild card. They wouldn't have gone very far because they were injured. So you have a full season of Jack Eichel. you got a full season of Mark Stone. You you bring back Riley Smith. you still got Marcheseau. you still got Carlson. The pieces are there. And with new coach Bruce Cassidy, it'll get this team playing better defensively, which is what they had an issue with last year. And I think Vegas gets back. I don't think this is a team that's not playoff ready because they are. Uh, They got a solid top six. Their bottom six is not bad by no means. Their back end has talent. Uh, You have Theodore Petrangelo. Martinez, White Cloud. I mean, hopefully they bring back Haig. He's underratedly good in both ends of the ice. It, it's They're going to be back in the playoffs, and they're going to finish third in the Pacific. I think they take a step back from the Oilers and, and Flames. I, believe, you know, I think those teams are a little bit ahead of them, but Vegas is still a very good hockey team. And now we go down. I'm going to pick for fourth place. I'm going to go with the Vancouver Canucks. And I only say that because I think Boudreaux is going to 
a full season of him, you're going to see an offensive outburst from the Canucks. He has that history of what teams he's he's coaching and has in his pocket. He he just unlocks them offensively. So you're going to see a huge year from Miller again. Don't be shocked if Quinn Hughes has a crazy offensive year. Pedersen, Besser. You're going to see the whole Vancouver Canucks offense. They still have Demko back there. Their back end is it's weird to me. I've always, I mean, they have defensemen, but it's, it's just weird back there, but their offense will carry them and they'll get good goaltending and that will propel them to finish fourth in the Pacific. And for fifth place, we're going to go with the LA Kings. They made the playoffs last year. They almost beat the Oilers in round one. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say they finished fifth. Uh, Quick was so much fun to watch last year. I think people forget how elite he was in his prime, and I know he's not in his prime anymore. But man, it was fun to watch him bounce back last year. The Kings team played so underratedly good, and they did it without Drew Doughty. He's back. They bring in Fiala. It, it's a good feel to a team that has a very nice, well-rounded group. I like what Rob Blake's doing over there. It's it's fun to watch. I I don't they they might come close to the Canucks, but I think they eventually just slide down to fifth. You know, just kind of because. But the Kings will be fun to watch. It'll be eager to see if they can kind of climb into that wild card again. But yeah, don't sleep on them. That's for sure. And I'm going to go with my sixth place. I'm going to go with the Seattle Kraken, which is weird considering how brutal they were with goaltending. But I like their top six. I like what they did this offseason. Had a very nice uh, bring-in with Bjorkstrand. That's a huge underrated move. He's very good at goal scoring. But overall, they have a nice a nice top six group. Gord, Beniers, who knows where Shane Wright starts, but he's on their team. Schwartz, Eberly, McCann, you know, the list goes on. You, you bring in Bjorkstrand to that mix. It's a very nice top six group that I don't think people give enough credit for. Their back end is very strange. It's not bad, but it's not great. If Grubauer can bounce back and kind of find his game, the Kraken will be in better shape. I don't think they're a playoff team yet. But they'll be a team that's kind of fun to watch. They got some young kids then on that team that, you know, it's, it's it'll be fun to watch. And Beneers could very well win the Calder Trophy. So it'll be interesting to see how the Kraken do, but I still got them finishing sixth place and not a playoff team. And we go with the other two California teams that are left. I have the Ducks finishing in seventh. It's the Ducks. Their their goal, that I mean, they're in rebuild. Uh, Getzloff is gone, so that whole era of glorified Ducks hockey is done. It's a new era. It's the era of Zegers bringing McTavish. Uh, I mean, there's some other. There's just some other young kids. I just let the kids run the show for now. I think they'll they'll obviously they'll. 
win games and they'll be competitive, but this isn't a team that's aiming to make the playoffs right now. This is a team that's rebuilding for the future and building around the young core they have in place. And I have the Sharks finishing dead last. It's a, it's a new era. I, I don't know what, what they're going to necessarily do with this team. You got a lot of contracts on those books that are pretty bad. Uh, you have like a little core locked up in Hurdle, Meyer, Couture, Carlson, Vlasic, Reimer's your goalie. It, they're still going to be a last place team. Like they weren't very good last year, despite all those pieces. And it'll be interesting to see what new GM Mike Greer does at the deadline. I don't know. I, I, I'm not looking at the cap space right now, but I'm not 100% sure what that necessarily does at the deadline. Can they move those contracts? Can they get assets for those deals? You're not moving Carlson, and you're probably not moving Vlasic unless you're eating the money. I know they had to eat the money for Burns, but they got some young pieces back. The Sharks will be somewhat competitive, but it's not going to be, you know, wowing anybody. The only thing that will wow people is the jerseys, which actually are pretty good. not going to lie. Their white ones look beautiful. I'd almost want to go ahead and buy one, but I'm not going to. And that wraps it up for the Pacific. And our final division is the Central, which I think... God, I almost think it's almost as weak as the Pacific is. I think really you're only looking at maybe half the division being really, really competitive. So... This division consists of the National Predators, Arizona Coyotes, Winnipeg Jets, Minnesota Wild, Dallas Stars, Colorado Avalanche, St. Louis Blues, Chicago Blackhawks. Okay, I'm just going to go. This one's pretty fairly easy. Colorado's going to finish first. There's not much to say. They won the cup. A lot of their core is locked up. Sure, they lost Darcy Kemper. They replaced it with Georgiev. And you got Francois, who actually played pretty good in absence of Kemper. It's Colorado. They're going to be first place in this division. They're the best team in this division. I honestly think they're the best team in the conference. Second place, bold. Nashville Predators. I don't think they're as bad as people give them credit for. They got smoked by Colorado. I just It wasn't even fun. Uh, they didn't have Soros, which was a huge reason why they got swept. Um, but you have Soros. You add McDonough. Their blue line's actually really deep. Yossi, Ekholm, and McDonough. It's deep. Their offensive talent pool is is still very intact and it's still good. And I think all those pieces of being a well-rounded team, they'll finish in second place this year. Just my opinion. Third place, I'm going to go with the St. Louis Blues. You lock up Thomas long-term, you lock up Cairo. You still have Tarasenko, you still have O'Reilly, you still have Saad. You still have all these pieces that can form a good, talented team. Losing Perron, you know, that's a low blow, but 
this team always it gives more opportunity for some other guys to come in and fill that void. The back end still looks good. Pareko, Krug, even though they try to trade him and just free up some money, they they still have him, Falk. Overall, this team is still a very it's their contending status is still there. They'll finish in third place. Jordan Bennington's gonna have to hold down the fort this year. There's no Villy Huso. There's Thomas Grice. Okay, well, Thomas Grice is not Villy Huso. Villy Huso stepped up majority for the regular season, but in the in the playoffs is where Bennington kind of took the crease over. And Bennington actually outplayed Huso, so we're going to need that form for them to kind of have that third-place finish. Fourth place, I'm going to give to the Minnesota Wild. They're a weird team, but they're a good team. Uh, they still have a lot of their pieces still intact. They chose not to play pay Fiala, which is fine. They moved him to L.A. But it kind of opens up the door for a guy like Matt Boldy to kind of come in. That kid's got some fun offensive power. It's really fun to watch him play. I got them finishing. Uh, the creases now belongs to Marc-Andre Fleury after moving Talbot to the Ottawa Centers, but for the most part, this team is still very much the same. There's not much they could do financially after the Suter and Parise buyouts. You still have Kaprizov. You still got Zuccarello. You're, you got your two centers down the middle. The team is very well coached. I, I like it. I think it'll... They'll challenge the Blues for that third spot in the division. It'll be competitive. Even with Nashville, it'll be competitive. I think Nashville just has a more well-rounded team. But I like Minnesota. They're, it's finally fun to watch them again with Kaprizov there. He's just electric and dynamic. I, I mean, he's just a gem. But, yeah, they're, they'll finish fourth. I think uh, maybe the loss of Fiala will sting them a bit, but it'll open the door for other guys, like I said. And they'll still be a good team because their coach is one of the best coaches in the league. Really turned them around. Fifth place is the, the Dallas Stars. Let me just give credit to that fan base. I mean, they're, they're just some of the nicest people I've actually encountered in this hockey world. And if you are looking for Stars content, there's some good podcasts out there that talk about their whole contract situation very well. Stars team is very well much the same as last year. Except you lost John Klingberg. So I think the loss of Klingberg will sting more than people think. So here's an example. Okay, so Pete DeBoer is the coach. Pete DeBoer has a thing with getting things out of his defensemen. He did it with the Devils. He did it with the Sharks. He did it with the Golden Knights. Okay, now he's going to do it with the Stars. Problem is Miro Haskinen will have a breakout year. That's not really the problem. The problem is afterwards. Okay, who's filling in for, for Klingberg? Miro Haskinen. Who's filling in for Miro Haskinen? Good question. And that's the problem the Dallas Stars have. 
I mean, you don't have another unless you're banking on Colin Miller and Issa Lindell to pick up that slack. So you're so you need so Miro Haskinen will surpass Klingberg in probably netting north of fifty points this year. So now you need somebody to replicate Miro's success, which he had a career year of thirty six points. It's going to be interesting to see how they look on the back end. The team finally decided to lock up Jake Ottinger. Great move. Underrated little goalie. He he played amazing in the playoffs. I mean, his statistics, even only playing seven games, was still at the top of the charts. It was just, what he did was unreal. He almost single-handedly defeated the Flames by himself. Biggest issue is Jason Robertson is not signed yet. Um, that's a tricky situation within itself. I'm not even going to get into it. And virtually the team is still the same. They bring in Mason Marchment just to kind of round out the top nine of the lineup. But unless you got some prospects coming in, I mean, their bottom six looks fairly rough in my opinion. Uh, You're hoping for a healthy Tyler Sagan. You're hoping Jamie Benn discovers a scoring touch. He's getting older, but he he does other little things that make it that make him a good player. But you, he's going to have to produce in the top six. You've got to take pressure off that top line, and just for that, I have them finishing fifth. I, I just don't think they're they probably wouldn't have been a playoff team if Vegas played well down the stretch, but they got in, and I mean it, anything happened in the playoffs, let alone in the hockey world. Sixth, I will have the Winnipeg Jets. It's under Rick Bonus, which I don't know if bodes well for them. He's a very defensive guy, and this is a team that has some really good offensive power. It's a team in a weird spot. Um, maybe a new voice will help them. Still got Hellebuck, Wheeler, Shifley, Connor, Ehlers. I mean, the pieces are still very much in place. I don't see them as a playoff team. I think changes are coming. I think you'll see them move a lot of these pieces at the deadline. That's just my opinion. Not much to really say on the Jets. They're just the Jets. They're they're a team in the Central. And we got the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. You can almost flip a coin who finished the 7th and 8th between the Blackhawks and the Coyotes. The Coyotes arguably have probably the worst NHL roster. Literally. I mean, it, you look at it, there ain't much on there other than Clayton Keller and Lawson Krause. They signed Barrett Hayden. <clears throat> but, I mean, it's a team that, yeah, it's, it's rebuild. I don't know if Logan Cooley comes in. Um, there's a chance. Uh, they're in the they're in the Bedard sweepstakes, and same with the Blackhawks. They are. <clears throat> they it's a matter of time before Kane and Taves are moved. It, it is. I mean, it's a matter of time. I think the writing's on the wall. They're not signing extensions in Chicago. Uh, get what you can for them. Eat the money for this year and get what you can. That uh, that's what you should do. Instead, you traded to break it for pucks and sticks. 
you could have got more for that probably. But yeah, those two, I mean, you can flip a coin who's going to finish seventh and eighth. I don't know. They're both virtually just bad teams. Very bad in every aspect. And yeah, uh, there's not much to necessarily touch on for them, but that's it. That's what I got for the division. Um, I think the East is going to be stacked. The West is going to have teams that should be fun to watch. And yeah, that is, that's it for the division. And now I will be diving into some hockey news. Lots happened the last couple of days. Um, the biggest, the biggest news that came out was Nathan McKinnon signed an eight-year contract. He'll be making twelve point six million. He will, he'll be the highest-paid player in twenty twenty-three-24. And then Matthews and McDavid are up, so it obviously surpass it. But good for McKinnon. He cashed in. He's spending the next eight years with Colorado, and that core is just getting started. I think there's going to be more Stanley Cups won with that core group. Um, you you just saw. I mean, Colorado was on a different planet last year. I mean, they were so good last year. Uh, McKinnon has been one of the best players in hockey the last five years. He has the third highest point total uh, in the last five years among all NHL players. Uh, the Nate Dog. I mean, good for Nate Dog, man. I mean, he he deserves it. I mean, he's been with Colorado his whole career. He's gone through the ups and downs, and now he's finally a Stanley Cup champion. And he got a nice hefty raise coming from his last paycheck. So good for Colorado. They lock up their number one center. Um, other huge news is we had three defensemen retire in the same day. You had Ironman legend Keith Yandel. He was fun to watch. People forget how good he was back in his prime years with the Coyotes. Even when he got moved to the Rangers, he was still really good. He had some good years in Florida. Just a very, you can almost say, underrated offensive defenseman in his prime years. And then P.K. Subban, our Devils defenseman, he retired. I hated him when he played in Montreal and it wasn't him as a per it was him as a player. He just dude, he was so good. He terrorized teams, body checks. He was one of the most electric defensemen that played. I mean, he was so good. His hits, his physicality, his swagger, and let's not mention he's a great human being off the ice and it's a shame that he, he he didn't land another contract but best of luck to him in his future um he might not have been what we what we thought that the devils were going to get out of him but he was still he was still fun and with his devil's tenure and it was awesome to be able to watch him in new jersey and also zdeno chara retired He altered the Bruins franchise. I mean, he 
he came in. It was right. It was that off season right after they trade Sean Thornton. I mean, he he comes in and just the culture just changed. He 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 was his impact on the Bruins goes beyond just him signing. I mean, they they were a playoff team <clears throat> the second year after he signed. They made the playoff. They were they were such a perennial contender. And they still are, but with him as captain, they were a contender from 2008 until like 2019. I mean, that's a long time. Uh, Chara was as fierce as they come in his prime, his height, his reach, his toughness, his bomb of a slap shot from the point. I mean, he, he was everything you could ask for in a, in a captain and a defenseman. And it's sad. He's got, he's, he's left the game, but he got to retire a Bruin on a one day contract. And, it's just it sucks to see him go. I think we're going to be saying goodbye to another hockey legend here soon in Joe Thornton, but that's for another day. Kevin Adams signs an extension as a Sabres GM. That's good news for the Sabres. He got out of the Eichel saga, brings in Tuck and Krebs with some draft picks, but he's got this team just in playing better hockey. It's a group of guys that they believe in each other. They have some really good prospects coming through the pipeline. And, you know, what? it's kind of good for hockey when the Sabres are good. It's, you know, it makes it fun. And good for them. He, You know, he gets to continue to do what he's been doing uh, with, with his work. And good for him. Just good for him in general. He he's you know he's been with the organization for quite some time, and he gets to just continue what he's doing. And other big news. <clears throat> Speaking of the Dallas Stars, uh, as of yesterday, Jason Robertson not at start of camp, and he remains without a contract. There's no words other than the fact that you need this kid, so find a way to get it done. Because your goal scoring is ghostly. It, it's just, yeah, it's not good. And you you need you have to get it done if you want to kind of be competitive. You can't go into the season without him. He's your best forward. And without him, you're, yeah, without him, you're just, you're hurting yourself more than you're helping yourself. And very quickly before... We wrap this episode up. Sean Couturier and Ryan Ellis are probably going to be out at the start of the year. There's no telling on their timetable of return. That's a massive blow for the Flyers. I mean, they were already probably going to be a bad hockey team, but now they're going to be an even worse hockey team. Sure, you traded for Tony D'Angelo. Ryan Ellis is still a very good hockey player. And ever since they brought him in, I mean, he didn't. he barely played last year. Couturier only played 29 games, but he's your number one center. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Flyers do and the Flyers look like. Just make peace with the rebuild needs to happen instead of, you know, not. But that wraps up this episode. Just kind of fun to dive into some other hockey-related news. 
you know, there's, it'll be more fun. Obviously when the devil season starts diving into games, it'll just be strictly devil's hockey. Now it's just fun just to talk about hockey and get into some other stuff. But this wraps up this episode. I will be recording next week, just kind of touching on some of the preseason games. But that's everything, and have a good weekend.